Joe says Lucille has messed his mind up. But was it the girl? just sort of going over what I would want to bring up for this referral slip. And my mind hasn't really changed in the last couple days. But at least I, I have two two things in mind. I know we're trying to keep it short, but one of them fits mm-hmm. within the thing that you're like, I'm not saying you got to do this, but yeah. if this is the thing, one of them fits within that, I would say. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. No, um, I guess I know you, who knows when we have actually officially started this episode because, well, these episodes are also much more casual anyway. <laughs> yeah, because we don't really do this that much uh, at the beginning of the... The, the regular. Of the, the yeah, the, the, the higher numbered episodes. episodes the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the big episodes where, you know, the full ones with books or short stories we this is usually what we do where it's yeah our referral slips we're vd clinic i'm vanessa that's darren hello (laughs) introduce ourselves formally anybody just now tuning in i guess and catching the madness for a first time if one of your wonderful friends added this in secret to your phone and you're just finding out about it I know. Or it's one of those malfunctions or, or something with Apple where it all of a sudden secretly adds it on its own. Yep. Or you're just okay. a subscriber to the wonderful Legion Podcast Network feed. That could be the other thing. That could be the other thing. Yes. Anyway. So, yes, we are the VD Clinic and our referral slips are our little recommendations. And we're trying to – I know we've been longer in our last couple ones and so this one definitely I think is going to be on the shorter side um I do just want to say as an afterthought on the Oscar thing no I did not do great this year I (laughs) and I knew I wasn't going to to tell you the truth because there were so many things I hadn't seen and I feel like critics were all over the place as far as who should really ultimately win the you know win the awards so I feel like a lot of people were off too. It I think this year or the last uh, was it last year or the year before that they added something like nine hundred more people to the academy. Um, it's been in the past couple years, and you know I was talking about that that whole thing about Oscar so white when that happened. <laughs> that was two thousand fifteen. That was two thousand fifteen. So two thousand sixteen, yeah. two thousand seventeen, they added. Yes. Upward, close to a thousand people. That what was half when... of whom are people of color or minorities? 
well, they they had the big push for women too and younger people because that was another that's another thing is the age demographic because even your you know cis white guys in the academy <laughs> <laughs> are usually of an older age you know it's so like Congress yeah exactly and the Oscars like the, the Academy shouldn't be like that no yeah Yeah. so they so they've at least you know i think that all of those things have made a difference in you i think you can see that in what was nominated and certainly in what won um yeah definitely it's gonna be harder to predict until people get used to the because I feel like the Academy gets a little bit predictable after you've seen a couple of seasons well, from the, the current well, cast. I, 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 this was still that predictable. The Producers Guild, they predicted it with the, that who they gave their big award to for best film of the year was Green Book. And who won best picture at the Oscars? Green Book. And that's usually a predictor there, but it was still such a wild card this year. Um, because, but I will say I'm surprised the favorite didn't do better at considering how nominated it was. Yeah. I, I still haven't seen that. You know, I'm so annoyed. The one Oscar movie that I haven't seen that I really want to see is the one that I can't readily find. It's vice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, think I still want to see that pop, too. I think it's going to pop up on streaming, uh, mm-hmm. Hulu or Netflix or something like right. that soon. Yeah. But the yeah. DVD, I don't think, is available until next month. Right. But anyway, okay. we said we were going to try to keep it short. You bringing up know, Green Book just, does segue I into just, my first recommendation, but we don't I have did, to go there yet. I just did want to like add a little afterthought on the Oscars since, you know, we had such our big thing um, for last month. And yeah, I mean, I have not rushed out and, you know, gone to see these other things, but now they're starting to become, you know, more easily available um, on streaming platforms. So, you know, that's usually what happens is after the Oscars, you end up having a lot of these films come out, you know, where you're not having to pay an extra rental fee for it. So, um, so yeah, I will, um, probably be seeing some of that stuff soon, but, uh, I'm with you. I want to see, I still want to see vice. Yeah. You know, I'm afraid to buy it because I don't know if it's one of those watch regularly kind of movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> okay. I don't know. But speaking of green book, uh, hey, anybody yeah. that, uh, is a member of the VD clinic Facebook group or the psycho semantic group Monday night, the night after the Oscars of which we previously spoke, the Smithsonian channel aired a documentary by a, female director called i i apologize thank you for listening if you hear me saying this wrong but i apologize for probably butchering the pronunciation of your name yoruba Richin. uh she previously produced 
a film called The New Black in 2012, which was nominated for NAACP Image Award and the GLAAD Media Award for Outstanding Documentary. Yeah, I've heard the name before, but I don't really know necessarily her work offhand. This is the first thing of hers that I have seen. Um, I guess she did some previous stuff on PBS. She went. She yeah. gra- She she was born in 1972, and she graduated from Brown University. But the Green Book Guide to Freedom. Uh, the people are. Uh, I saw a lot of people were talking about this, and I hadn't heard about it. And I had previously been to the. Uh, the Museum of uh, African American History and Culture at the Smithsonian uh, er, last year. And we did a little interactive green book thing where you get in a car and it's a touchscreen interactive thing on your your windscreen. And you, you know, everybody that's seen the movie or is not familiar with the movie, the green book is a Jim Crow era book that came out that basically helped people Find places that were supposed black people in America find places that were friendly so they could travel in America because of all the racist fuckwads that exist and existed here. And you know, it had <laughs> well, well put, <laughs> racist fuckwads. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it has hotels and restaurants and all that stuff where you know, and. So she made this documentary, and I don't think she made it for the Smithsonian, but they they provided some funding and they aired mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I definitely have to recommend the this documentary. It had a lot a lot of historians weighing in. Uh, from what I understand, they don't even show the Green Book in the Green Book movie. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> Okay. Uh, so a lot of people were talking about, you know, after you've watched the Oscars and everything, this documentary sort of addresses some of the inaccuracies of the Hollywood film version of the story. And I I, I feel like people from the, uh, the black character's family were a little annoyed at some of the things that were in the film. Yes. And no, I'm, they have expressed their yeah their disapproval because they weren't consulted. Okay, and this this documentary looks really really close at the creation and use of the Green Book and talks about regular people. It talks about famous people, and you know especially black right. musicians working in the South and things like that. And you know, Nat King Cole, may, obviously. He's not interviewed for the film. Right, <laughs> um, right. <laughs> and it, it it highlights, um, you know, even back then, there were a lot of women business owners that trailblazed, you know, opening hotels and restaurants. Yeah. And it's a really cool documentary. It's, you know, a little over an hour long. I know it's on my to watch list. Oh, okay. My humongous to watch list. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to watch the things for straight up fun that you've. I don't know. Sometimes I find myself being a little too tired to watch something new. Right. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not really pay attention to this, so I'm gonna watch 
American Pie 2 or not really but well and and I'll tell you I I have the bad problem I know I have mentioned before on here that I work too much and I work at home a lot and I will I'll work at home weird hours sometimes. So I'll have something thrown on in the background. Because I've been doing that a lot more over the past few months, I've been watching fewer movies, to tell you the truth. And I've been watching more series. And yeah, sure, I've had that Law & Order SVU. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully on Hulu, I can watch every single episode again and again and again as just cheesy as it is at times it's still i kind of know something about it i kind of love you know I, yeah something. iced motherfucking tea <laughs> bd wong i mean mariska hargitay like christopher maloney like you've got and you've got all these great guests on there oh it's in it, yeah and you are not an actor in New York unless you've been on Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was going to recommend this ep- on, on this episode, but I'm just saying <laughs> I've been watching way too much of that again. <laughs> but what a, a what series that I there are a couple series actually I like to talk about because and I don't think I've talked about them before. In fact, I know I haven't. Um, hold, hold on. I'm having a cat situation. Um, okay. Um, hold on. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Situate yourself, Zora. Okay, we're back <laughs> with cat on my lap and purring into the mic. Thanks. Sunday so, cat lap talk. Sunday cat lap talking. <laughs> Complete with coffee. <laughs> so, as I was saying before the cat interrupted me again, is that there are a couple series that I've watched a cu- at least a couple times and I don't think I've recommended on here. Each are original streaming series and I'm kind of I'm unofficially going with a women's history like theme (laughs) in this referral slip because it is March women's history month but um so the first one is on Netflix in glow the uh Yeah, the go- which is gorgeous loose- ladies of wrestling. Right, it's inspired by the actual league, gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and that and how that series started, and it you know I it's got Mark Maron in it. Well, I have to say I love Mark Maron, um, but Mark it's it, it's got um, Allison Brie. It's got a bunch of other it, well. You've got a other... the guy from Summer of '84 slash Mad Men slash Mad Men, yeah, Rich Somerville, I think is his name. He's such a dick on Mad Men, and kind anyway. of a dick in Summer of '84. Yeah, well, kind of a dick on um, Glow as well. But anyway, so I don't know. I think it's just it's the series was co-created by some of the creators of Orange is the New Black and Weeds. 
And I don't know, it's a great female ensemble piece because even the characters that are the more secondary characters are so fleshed out and three-dimensional. You feel that you know them as well as the primary or the lead characters like Alison Brie, you know, and it's refreshing to see that. (laughs) And then to know that it was, you know, based on this insane thing that actually happened. And Netflix does also have a documentary on the actual um, GLOW, like, series and league. So Some of those ladies look like they are reliving some of their fondest memories in that documentary. They're such badasses. They are such badasses. So, yeah, that I... And it's funny, I had been telling my mom she needed to watch it because when she was a kid, she used to go to wrestling matches and stuff with her brothers, like back in the days of like Gorgeous George and that kind of thing in the 50s and 60s. So I was like, mom okay and she loved roller women's roller derby and all this crazy (laughs) stuff like my mom's like hardcore so i'm like you know you might you might enjoy this and when she was here actually visiting me in december i got her started watching it and she's like oh my god this is so good (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and whatever she's whatever on my i have a streaming account for her so yeah then on her own she breathes through the two seasons so it's you know it's it's a very quick uh series to get through because they're half hour episodes but there's so much there that's in each episode and i mean in both from a comedic angle as well as a dramatic angle and that's hard to do i think in a half an hour time period yeah and like i said the characters feel pretty fleshed out and congratulations to the SAG award for the SAG award to um, their stunt crew. <laughs> oh for yeah, TV, that's also well earned. For TV series, they got the uh, best stunt ensemble, yeah, award. So I'm like, it's kudos there because they they really fucking deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, so. There's that. Um, Do we want to take a quick break and then come back to finish the show? Sure. Okay. Be back in a moment. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael, hi. Uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Get slayed. 
this will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. And we are back. And so, yeah, so I had another TV series I wanted to uh, recommend the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this. It's I have, but Bo it's was on Amazon. About it. uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's a great. It's an hour-long comedy. I mean, it has kind of dramatic moments, but it's an hour-long comedy. Essentially, it's basically a woman in the late fifties, um, her marriage breaks up and she's an upper West side Jewish woman, like of a certain wealthy bracket, whatever. And her marriage breaks up. And so she gets drunk after that on Manischewitz, by the way, I love it (laughs) on the kosher wine. (laughs) It's, fucking awesome (laughs) but and then it ends up she she ends up down in the like west village and she runs up and gets arrested alongside with lenny bruce because she stumbled upon stage and does a comedic set and she starts a comedic career in a way it kind of like falls into it and it's um it's really well written and the actress, um, oh shit, Rachel Bronson, I think, uh, she won an Emmy, I think, or a Golden Globe recently for the role. Hmm. And like Tony Shalou plays her father, Alex Bornstein plays like kind of her manager, who's like the kind of tough, like village, you know, artsy person. And, um, and uh, they, you know, they have and they play on some of this like examination of what the comedy scene was of that era and what uh, Jewish culture was in the United States of that era. It's which I find interesting, too. Um, but it's just really well written. And the cast is just they're perfect together. Cool. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things and and no bad things about that show. Yeah, that's another one I got my mom into. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, yeah. And it's, I mean, and it's really historically accurate with the clothing and everything. The fact that they film it around New York now and the way that they paint, go to painstaking lengths to recreate New York of the late 1950s is remarkable. Is remarkable. Wonderful. I, I mean, it impresses me any show or movie that can do that in this day and age where everything is so modern and slick, you know, because even the rural towns in this country still will have a modern Starbucks thrown up here and there. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just the way progress has happened. Doesn't and, mean that and it's hard to fake New York. <laughs> so I'm glad they did it for real there. Yeah, yeah. But, and it's also, you know, kind of interesting because I'm like, yeah, it reminds you of what you see, because I live here, what you see every day that is still like it was that many years ago. You know, nice to know that they haven't torn everything down. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that's... Mm. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, yes. I only had one other thing that I recently have watched for for fun and not not you know for a, for a podcaster that fits in with a podcast or anything. I watched a documentary. I don't know if this was involved in the Oscars or not, but Behind the Curve. Okay. It's a documentary on flat earthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not, uh, speaking of you know, Women History Month, it was not directed by a woman. Okay. But there is a, there are a couple prominent women in the Flat Earth movement, apparently. And it was, it was sort of interesting and sort of scary. The people are, I guess, famous Flat Earth people. Uh, right. You know, they've all they've got a lot of merch and yeah, there's there's two characters that are <laughs> sort of, crazy. you know, tying it in with uh, past VD clinics and stuff like that. There are these two flat earth guys that are kind of like the flat earther version of Euronymous Bosch and Vard Virkernis or whatever. Those fucking guys from the. Oh, my God. That are, you know, one of them yeah. is saying that the other one is a. CIA plant who's owned by Warner Brothers and the other guy is you know there's that flat earther you know that you <laughs> that you imagine there's the old guy that lives at his mom's house there's the lady with sort of non-expressionistic face and dead eyes that's kind of pretty but kind of scary with the things she says and then there's the guy that's bouncing there's at least one of those yeah. Always at least one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the speed freak kind of guy that's, you know, you know, talking about how he's on a 30-day Facebook ban right now while he's bouncing ping pong balls on sledgehammers, talking about how, you know, it's all connected and it's a conspiracy to fuck with your head. And he walks up to people in the street and just said, hey, did you know that the earth is flat? And... um but there's also these astrophysicists and all the, you know, these people that work for MIT and Caltech that are sort of talking about their perspective from from science and uh, just 
you know, like, well, this is an actually easily disprovable thing that you just said. But um, it's it's interesting and scary. <laughs> and I kind of like that some of the scientists said stuff like, you know, maybe we need to talk to these people in ways other than showing them how utterly shameful this idea is like you don't you don't uh change someone's mind by embarrassing them or something like that so it was, it was kind of interesting especially because that's such a i i don't know like i wouldn't f- know how to constructively criticize someone who's convinced that the earth is flat i i know it's it's the same thing as evolution for me those people those people who are so into creationism that they completely discredit evolution and oh my oh my goodness it's terrible and my dad it's basically his third career in life <laughs> or fourth career. I forget the number of, he had so many careers. Um, he has, he's still working on them. And he was a high school biology teacher at uh, a Catholic high school in Alabama. And so I know Alabama public schools had changed their textbooks or were changing their textbooks so that only creationism could be mentioned, like no mention of evolution whatsoever. And so I, I asked my father, I said, okay, what are, what are you and what is your school doing? And, you know, are you teaching evolution? And he's like, oh, I would quit if they said I couldn't teach evolution. I'm like, okay, I love you. Even though I know sometimes, yes, our religious and political views differ, but thank you, at least we got that (laughs) one thing right and in common. Like, okay, you get it. And I mean, at least that's one thing I do have with my father is that he does have logic sometimes because he has a a scientific background. Um, Because even when he worked for the government, he was... He, you know, was an entomologist. You know, he was a scientist. So it <laughs> it balances this religious stuff. So even though it was a Catholic school, though, too, he was. And I'm like, okay. And that's also the way that I'm like, the Catholics are a little bit more reasonable <laughs> than some of the other religions, um, at least down in the Bible Belt. <laughs> yeah, it- I don't know. Just an observation from having lived down there. <laughs> it, I, I would say that they're uh, less anti-science, at least, whether or not they're yes. reasonable. Um, yes. No, they're not completely reasonable. Do not get me wrong. But I'm just saying they at least are not anti-science. Yeah. They they understand the earth is round. They understand that evolution exists. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they get that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's on Netflix. Sorry to get on it, not to be on a soapbox, but that's one thing I have a hard time with. And I have met people like that, and it's... Uh, you can't argue. You can't argue. It's painful too. <laughs> so, even even as much as you try to be logical and nice and polite, ah, you, oh, you just can't. Um, 
But it's it's on Netflix, <laughs> and I would say I I wouldn't say the ending will blow your mind, but you know if you are frustrated by the lack of logic some people have uh there's some really cool stuff throughout and you know there's flat earthers that are doing experiments to prove there's no curvature of the earth and uh the the guy that lives with his mom is you know he you could tell he really like uh he really likes how famous he is on the internet because of this <laughs> um I it, it was it was interesting uh yeah that I, that was just the thing that I was like man because it's something I relatively ignore because you know yeah <laughs> I, I, I there's other more although yeah they're, they're like well if that science is fake then all others are like you're talking about uh evolution you know, the, the, yeah. a lot of these things are linked together because you have to twist this one ridiculous unreality. You have to twist all of reality to fit that perspective. So you have to not believe other things that are, you know, scientific consensus and whatnot. Um, yeah. Behind the curve. <laughs> okay. You're right. It, I mean, it seems like it could be interesting, but that doesn't seem like something I'm like gonna run out and see. Yeah, it, I watched it because a couple guys in the psychosemantic group were talking about it, mm-hmm. and okay. I was like, oh, I want to engage in this conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> for you maybe just watch like the last 15 minutes or so you might okay. enjoy that the most okay or i can just tell you about it later but anybody that wants to listen it's not like the last bit of the movie is the best part but how long is it <laughs> uh like an hour and 20 minutes or so okay that's not too bad as long as it's not like a two-hour documentary. No, no. That's when you just start to, like, some of those, you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like. This has a lot in it. Yeah. I know, like, Jesus Camp had is a little, is that like an hour and 30 or an hour and 45 or something? I think something? it's about an hour and 45. Yeah, I think hour and 45. And we, it's a lot with the evangelical, whatever, in my opinion, for me. But the way it's done, it's just such a well-made documentary. Yeah. It doesn't matter, the subject matter, in a way. Like, it, you know what I mean? It it, do, it doesn't, it, you don't see it as affecting you. At least I didn't feel as affected on a personal level as if maybe another director or it was had been made a different way, you know? Yeah, if I, I feel another you. director presented it differently, it might not have been easy to take. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was presented pretty inter in a in a pretty just well constructed manner, as far as basic narrative of a film. Yeah, that's part of you know what I mean. Like that's part of what helps that is that it's just a well made documentary. And the fact that it's about these evangelicals is kind of mind-blowing to me. Yeah. 
And the fact that I could sit through something that long of, of something that is about that, that I'm just so not on board with. <laughs> like some of the shit that, they, you know, they say I just am so not on board with, but it's just so engaging and fascinating the way it's, you know, just presented. Yeah. But that's not your final recommendation of this. That is not. Slips. Sorry. Sorry. I get... But actually, my final recommendation is a documentary. Hey. Um, yeah, it is a documentary. I finally caught up with the documentary, which is now on Hulu uh, streaming, um, RBG. And that came out in 2018, directed by Julie Cohen and Betsy West. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, I knew a certain amount of things about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her life. And it's it's well done. It, it, of course, I, I, of course, it is made from the point of view of people who love her <laughs> you know what I mean? it, like it, it's it, it, okay it's not going into it as a kind of you can't go into it expecting that this is a you know just objective quote-unquote Ken Burns style you know what I mean PBS style <laughs> documentary this to me is much more of a love fest to some degree as you know, it obvious these it is obviously that the filmmakers love Ruth Bader Ginsburg just from the get go from the get go. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it is, but I'm just letting you know that is the slant of where it's all coming from. They don't they don't necessarily explore her um complicated relationship with the like Israel Palestine sort of thing. No, no, they're not. I would ideally have liked to have seen something that, yes, did challenge more, uh, you know, some things about her that are not that are less than perfect. And not I mean, she's done so many great things. You can't deny that. But it's just, yeah, she's not perfect. And. That's what, you know, and that, and this is a little, little hero worship to some extent, but part of what this film is looking at, this documentary is looking at is the hero worship that is out there. Oh, okay. So it, so it makes sense. So that's why you kind of, it kind of, it's like, if you're not on board with that level of love fest, it's okay because it's presented in a way of it's examining it's it's coming from a point of view of a person who's like oh no i'm in i'm a, i'm around these same people i know what they're what they're going on i see these people and how she's affected them and their lives and and all these different things so that's kind of interesting and the fact that examining this kind of like cult of celebrity that RBG has become yeah. <laughs> like it really it's it, seriously um it's a supreme it, court justice and people have 
them on t-shirts and sh- have it's, her on t-shirts and shit. It is hysterical to hear Ruth Bader Ginsburg sit there and talk about like her reaction to when they are saying, "Okay, well what what was your first reaction when you heard that you were to be called the notorious RBG and did you know what that meant?" And <laughs> like what it was alluding to. And did you know what notorious, you know, you know, did you know Biggie Smalls? <laughs> and so they sat there and were getting Ginsburg's reaction to kind of all of this, <laughs> which was fucking hysterical. Yeah. And I've got she, that shirt for my kid, by the way. I'm not saying she, we're <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not a fan. But it's just, it was adorable because she has such a sense of humor about herself. And, you know, it, it, it was just, they talk about, like, in different other things. Like, also, they show bits on, like, Saturday Night Live where they parody her. Um, where, like, Kate McKinnon gets up there and plays her and dances and stuff. And... She's just, you know, she's taking everything in stride. And she just, his, you know, thinks it's all kind of hysterical. <laughs> and um, it, it's interesting that, yeah, I don't know. You just kind of see that also they examine, like, the amount of hours that she works and all this stuff. And the fact that, yeah, of course they sure are working out in the gym, you know, all that kind of thing. Throwing the medicine but, ball around. Yep. Oh my God, that woman. I, she could probably kick my ass. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but but you um, would take that beating because we need her to live until the next non-Republican presidency. <laughs> um. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do need that. Um. No kidding. No kidding. Wow. That is that is absolutely true. So anyway, that is a um, yeah. Like I said, it was it was interesting because it was partly about this like you know cult of personality that's been built up around her uh, by her fan base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty interesting because it's weird to think that. Anybody has that kind of following that's a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> like, think about that. Like, really? Yeah. They, uh, they usually have name name recognition or they're famous for possibly sexually harassing their yeah, employees. Might, like, you know, okay, Clarence Thomas, you know his name, sure. Yeah. But, Sandra yeah. Day O'Connor. Sandra Day O'Connor. You know, exactly. You know, these it seems these basic names, but... You don't know. Uh, um, People don't dress up like them for Halloween. No, exactly. (laughs) Right. You just don't do it. And except now you do. (laughs) Even little kids are dressing up as RBG. My kid picked that shirt out himself. He doesn't really know who she is, but, you know, maybe. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I, 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 I've been meaning to check that out. It, it was on some channel that had commercials. And with commercials, mm-hmm. it's like five hours long or something like that. I just couldn't. Uh, I, I wanted to wait until I could just sit yeah. down and watch it. 
Yeah. I watched it on Hulu, so. No I think they aired it on CNN, and you know how commercial uh, they are. Oh, yeah. Well, CNN particularly does add extra commercials. Yeah. They pad everything. Um, so for that reason, and them hiring Jeff Sessions and mm-hmm. ex-assistant or whatever to run their coverage of the next election, I will continue to not really pay attention to them. Yeah. But we're not that political over here. <laughs> anyway, not, well, not always. Sometimes we are, but anyway. So, yeah. So that's my last recommendation. Do you, you have anything else? Do you good? No, I recommend you tune in next month or next week or tune in soon for our next themed VD clinic episode. Yes. That's that's my final recommendation. Uh, and also find us on Instagram and Twitter at VD Clinic Pod or email at you know, I don't know how often people email anymore. No, uh, we get emails sometimes. Usually it's Robert Ward. <laughs> Thank and, you. <laughs> and uh, so we will be doing episode twenty do I have this timed correctly? Yes. No. Okay. So, yeah, will be episode 23, the Michael Jordan number who played for North Carolina in March Madness, our March Madness episode. Yes. Thank you for tying it back. (laughs) And and also considering it's March and Women's History Month, (laughs) we're covering Aileen Warnos this year. I did not intentionally do that. And this film is also directed by a female, by the way. Did not intentionally do that. (laughs) Sorry, Darren, go ahead. We don't even have to work at it. No, and the book, you know, you recommended the book, so I I trust you to say the title correctly. So the movie is Monster, directed by Patty Jenkins, uh, starring Charlize Theron and Christina Ricci. And which I just rewatched right before we recorded today. So I'm already having thoughts. Anyway, <laughs> I watched it last week. <laughs> yes. Discussion for later, obviously. Anyway, and um, the book, which I actually finished, was it yesterday or the day before? Um, was is called Monster, My True Story by Aileen Warnos and... Christopher Barry D something like that. I don't know. Forget the co-writer's <laughs> name off the yeah. top of my head. Her I did not and her ghostwriter. Yes, I did not know I was going to be prompted at, at this second. Sorry. No, I no, not, no. I was not prepared. I'm sorry. <laughs> I went way past the thing. And I, I think your correction or your pronunciation is correct. Okay. Thank you, Zora, for the thud. Um, we may have a special guest with us, uh, like we try to do on occasion. Yes, that is true. We, um, yes, exactly. We've got thoughts there. But um, <clears throat> anyway, but before, actually, one thing I wanted to say before we go so you had messaged me, and I think it's hysterical, and I think you need to share. 
that you watched for the first time with your son, your almost four-year-old son, uh, whatever happened to baby Jane? (laughs) Well, I came in while he was watching it with his mom. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, and please share... What is his name for it? <laughs> what I, is he calling that movie? <laughs> it's called uh, Sending a Letter to Daddy or something like that. Right? Is that what I said? I, I have to check yes. it out. Yeah. Yes, that's what you said. Sending a Letter to Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that song plays over and over and over again. I yep, get it. I, I, that's how he'll he'll probably start calling it that because, yeah, he calls Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Bitty Bitty Bang Bang. But... For the longest time, he called Big Trouble in Little China the Jack Burton truck movie, which is... That makes sense. Yeah. So I get it. He's it's asked... Descriptive? Huh? It's descriptive. Yeah. And he has asked to watch Sending a Letter to Daddy again, and we had deleted it <laughs> off our DVR, and he was pissed off, but <laughs> it, it uh, came back around. Uh, so okay. I don't know. Perhaps I'll have to buy it now. Okay. But yeah, sending a letter to daddy. And it's okay. We His mom tries to cover his eyes in the scary parts and he's, you know, pulling her fingers away. Yeah. Like you do when you show your children possibly inappropriate things. But right. if he says it's scary, we don't say, watch it anyway, motherfucker. You know, it's... <laughs> You're not like my father. No, I'm kidding. My dad <laughs> He wasn't that horrible, however. <laughs> yeah, you know, so. <laughs> he was questionable. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and his, his Amanda said, you got to tell Vanessa about this. I appreciate it. it well, though, and I, I wanted you to bring that up since we had covered it on the show. I just thought it was, yeah. a, it was <laughs> like, I hadn't even shared that with David, so. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was one of his episodes. That was episode number two. After Showgirls, right? Yes. But, um... But anyway. Yeah, anyway. I felt that you you needed to share that. Little little side tangent down memory lane, and we are back here at the end of another VD Clinic podcast referral slip. Yes. Uh, Um, I'm Vanessa, and you are... I believe I am still Darren. Okay. Thank you and uh, goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter at VD Clinic Pod or reach us via email at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group vd clinic podcast we'd love to hear your feedback suggestions and more